0: Hi everyone! I hope your week is going well and you're all doing awesome. Tonight, I wanted to share a few things from the heart of a parent, and I'm really excited for some of the guests that we have coming up in the next few weeks. Some amazing, amazing people. Just a plug for that. But tonight, I really felt like I wanted to share some things from my heart as a parent, and there are things that Kind of, I feel like the Lord's shown me and that I've learned um, from my parents and people around me that I trust and have done well in the way that they've raised their kids. Not perfect, obviously, but definitely a place that they've loved their kids well and helped them to learn about Christ, to think well about life. And so I wanted to share some of those things with you. What I wanted to start with was something I posted a couple of years ago that was just ricocheting off my heart. And so I'm going to read that to you and go through it. It's thoughts from a parent's heart. Number one, protect your kid's atmosphere at all costs. What does that even mean? That means being aware of your surroundings, being aware of what you're watching, being aware of what you're listening to, being aware of the conversations that you're having in front of your kids, whether it's about other people or about them. One of the things that is hardest for me as a parent is when parents talk about their kids like they're not there. Oh, she naturally does this. He's awful at that. Sometimes I just get so annoyed that he does that. Little ears and little eyes are watching everywhere, and it is up to us as their parents to cover their atmosphere and to be aware of how we talk about them and that it shapes who they decide to be and what they think about themselves as well as what we allow other people to say to us and around us. It is so important the kind of atmosphere that we give our kids. It is a place that we protect them. It is a place of safety. One of the people that I read a while ago, and I loved this metaphor, she said, I shelter my kids not because I want to keep them away from the world and all of this stuff, So I want them to never know how to thrive in life. No. I shelter my kids because it's like a greenhouse. I protect them from the elements until their roots are deep and strong. And they know what good soil is. And they know how to thrive in good soil. So that when they are exposed to the elements, they know how to have deep roots that are lasting, that will give them the foundation of life that they need. That's why we protect the atmosphere of our kids. Number two. Don't parent to the expectations of others. Know what the Holy Spirit is telling you for your child or kids in that moment. One of the most powerful things I learned from one of my best friends was when you're around other parents and your child does something that is embarrassing sometimes or that you just want to react and make the right call so that all of the parents around you are applauding in their hearts or their minds, stop think, and find out what's really going on. And that has been so valuable to me because of course, every parent comes to a point where their kids embarrass them or they do things that seem wrong. Like, why would you hit little Johnny? Why did you hit little Sally? What were you thinking when you said, whoa, step back, pull your child aside, do not shame them, do not yell at them, Pull them aside and quietly have a conversation. Tell me what happened. What's going on? Is this what happened? This is what I saw. Did you do this? What is in your heart right now? Do you need to say you're sorry? And talk it through instead of shaming your kids to make you look like the hero parent. Don't do that. That's not good. That is parenting to the expectations of people around us. And it does not shape our kids into who they need to be, nor does it build the trust that we need with us as parents and our kids. Number three, make time to put down your phone and engage in a meaningful way. I think that by now, probably all of us have read the report that that little six-year-old wrote a few years ago that said, I wish I was a cell phone so my parents would pay attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking as someone who has lost a child at 11 weeks, there is nothing more valuable that we can do than spend time with our kids loving on them. There are other things that will wait. The TikTok dance, Facebook marketplace, Instagram reels. Those things will all be there. But our babies, they're growing up and they need us to engage with them all the time. I'm not saying we need to be constantly at their beck and call, but we definitely need to be making them a priority over their phones. And taking multiple selfies throughout the day does not count as meaningful time. Lately, my kids have just been asking me to play with them, whether it's Barbies or Paw Patrol puppies or whatever it is, Octonauts. But sitting in their room, and I will set the timer for 20 minutes, I've got a thousand other things that I could be doing and a lot of times it feels like I should be doing. But when I sit in that moment with those girls and I really just pretend and have fun, it makes their entire lives better and it is a memory forever. I am investing quality time with my kids in a way that I will never be able to get back that will leave an imprint in their hearts that they are valued in that way on their level forever. Number four, just because other families you respect allow something does not mean it's right for your kids or your family. I think this has been a big one for me as a parent because there are people I really love and respect. And so sometimes I want to justify doing something that they feel totally fine with, that it's okay for their family to do. That's not an issue for their family. But in our family, whether it's one of our kids or both of them, it just it has a different impact, and so we don't feel like we're supposed to do it or we're supposed to watch it or whatever it is. I just encourage you, don't justify something just because other families you respect and love do it. Find a different way and help your kids understand you know, we have a saying in our family, that's what they decide to do for our fa- for their family, but in our family, we feel like it's best to do dot, dot, dot. Number five, car rides produce some of the best conversations, and often they're conversation that kids start. Don't just stick a podcast in your ear <laughs> or, you know, blast music that is maybe not great. Don't do that. Give your kids the opportunity to start conversations, in the car especially. Sometimes it's okay to just let a little silence linger or have some quiet worship music in the background as their hearts and their minds marinate on things that are important to them and you can talk about real conversations. And in that, don't get angry or say, What? Where did you hear that? If they come up with something out of the blue, They are trusting you with things in their heart and they need to be able to process that in a safe place and they're trusting you with that information. Number six, as much as it's in your power, do not belittle or shame your kids, even if that was your experience growing up. Give your kids better. There is never a reason to shame your kids. Sometimes it's something that we do Because we want to guilt them into conforming, we want to control the situation or we really want them to feel guilty for what they've done. But we need to remember that our plumb line is Jesus and Jesus doesn't do things by guilt. He brings conviction, but what does the Bible tell us? It's his love for us that draws us to repentance. It's his love for us that brings it into a place that wants us to turn from those places Of sin that we've done. And it should be the same for us with our kids. Not that there aren't consequences, absolutely, but there should never be a response from anger. When our kids do something, it's okay if we say, oh, that's not right. That's not okay. I'm not okay with you talking like that to me. I'm not okay with you hitting your sister. I'm not okay with you punching so and so. That's not okay. But And there are consequences that need to come for those actions, of course. But belittling our kids, shaming them, trying to manipulate their emotions, none of that is okay, nor is it appropriate. And if that's something that is a go-to for you, then I would definitely recommend that um, you look for a place for other people around you that are good parents that don't respond to their kids in that way. Or maybe there's a place where you need some counseling or inner healing prayer to bring about a healthy place for you to respond to your kids, to shape them differently than what you were given. It's even something that maybe like um, Love and Respect Parenting Book by Danny Silk. Those are all great and valuable resources. But definitely ask the Lord to help you not to shame or belittle your kids. Number seven, take your family to a solid Bible-believing church without the expectations of perfection, but with the commitment to faithfulness. Allow your kids to watch how you handle conflict, frustration, and disappointment in a Holy Spirit way based on the truth of God's Word. Here's the thing, it's so valuable and important to take our kids to a place that teaches the Word. The truth of God's Word is what brings freedom. The truth of God's word is what brings light and life and shapes us and challenges us. Here's the other thing. There will always be opportunity for offense. There will always be opportunity for disappointment. There will always be opportunity to be critical of leadership or those around you in the body who are not doing things the way that you think or want them to be done. And it is so valuable for our kids to see us respond in a way that still gives a place of honoring leadership that is doing their best and looking to grow in Christ and help others to grow in Christ, to come alongside them and to understand that people aren't perfect. God values people and he uses us in positions in the church from leadership all the way down. And if we have a heart to serve that surrendered to Christ, that we are looking to pray for those around us instead of being critical or taking offense or being judgmental or any of those other things there's opportunity for, which there will always be opportunity for. (laughs) There has been since the beginning of time and there will be until the end of time. How we respond in those situations and how we continue to grow in Christ and help our kids love Jesus, and love others, even though there may be hurt or offense, will define what their relationship with Christ looks like and quite possibly define how they decide to follow Christ through their lives, through the hard stuff. Now, I'm not talking about abuse. That is never acceptable. I am not talking about pushing things under the rug when it comes up. But the Bible tells us when those things happen to go to that person in person, not to talk around it, not to passively, uh, passive aggressively post online, none of that, to go to that person in love and to address those places where there's concern, where there's hurt, where there's disappointment, where there's opportunity for offense. Because Jesus tells us that if we cannot forgive then he can't hear our prayers. That's a big deal. Why? Because he sent his son to cover our sin. And we all have messed up and we've all made mistakes. Again, I'm not saying that we cover over abuse. No, I'm not saying that we cover over places of violation. No, those need to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And those people need to be removed from their positions of authority. And if appropriate, you need to leave that place. But what I am saying is take your kids to a solid Bible-believing church without the expectation of perfection. This is not going to be an Instagram real perfect church. There needs to be real community and real understanding in how to handle conflict and navigate offense. And when we're tempted to have unforgiveness, what do we do? And do we pray instead of criticizing? And watching God move in the miraculous in that way. Number eight, every person is created in God's image and is valuable, but healthy boundaries are good, especially around unsafe people. I don't <clears throat> I don't know if I can stress this enough. I am huge on boundaries. I think it is. Beyond valuable to have boundaries, especially when you're talking about your family and your kids. It is so good to treat everyone with kindness, and it is so good to protect your family from unsafe people. It is not worth the risk of putting your kids in harm's way or your family in harm's way of people who are not safe. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you have boundaries. If there's a place where you're like, I'm not sure what that looks like, then ask someone you trust who's healthy to help you have boundaries. Read the book Boundaries or listen to it on audiobook, but put things in place that help safeguard your kids and your family and your marriage so that there's not opportunity for there to be people in your life that aren't safe, that have access in a way that they shouldn't to your kids or your family or in your marriage. Number nine, don't talk badly about others. Again, little ears are listening. They're always listening. And they take in and they are shaped by a lot of times what we don't even think they hear. They often hear things. They repeat things that they've heard from us. Why? Because we are shaping everything that they are thinking and doing. We are their lens of life. And so we help them define and grow and learn. And when we talk badly about other people, even if it's in the name of a good reason, quote unquote, that is not God's heart. It's go- It's very okay to say, you know, it's not okay how that person talks to so-and-so, or it's not okay that they said something that made you feel bad, but we're still going to be kind to them, but we don't have to be their friend in a way that's close or hang out with them. And that's okay. And helping your kids navigate healthy boundaries so that they understand that they are not obligated to be close or give access to toxic people. Number 10, don't live with offense or unforgiveness. This goes back to that place of, Jesus said, if you can't forgive someone, I can't forgive you. Oh, man, what does that mean? That means we cannot hold offense or unforgiveness in our heart. There are places where people inflict very, very deep wounds. And those are things we need to go to counseling in our healing prayer. We need to get professional help. I would say pursue every avenue of healing that's possible. But ask the Lord to help your heart heal so that you're not holding things against that person. The Lord says that vengeance is his, and we can trust him with that, and he is very capable of handling all those things, and he's very capable of healing our hearts, so we need to make sure that we're not justifying places where we live with unforgiveness or offense toward people. Number 11, love Jesus and his word with all your heart and ask him to help you in every place of life, family, marriage, relationships, and goals. There is nothing that is too small that the Lord doesn't want to help us in. And he wants to give us everything we need, especially when it comes to raising kids. You know, I was listening to a clip from Lisa Bevere the other day, and she was saying, so often it's easy for parents to say, it's so hard to raise kids in this environment, in this culture, in this day and age. And that all is true. But she said, you, we, me, we were handpicked for this moment in history with these kids to shape them and to give them everything they need in this place, in this time in history. So when you're battle fatigued and you're worn down and you just want to (laughs) scream and say, enough, everyone to bed and it's only 3.30 in the afternoon, remember that Jesus is is faithful and he will help us and give us strength and he will give us wisdom for our babies and what to say in every moment and some days we need wisdom for every second of the day and in that I just want to say sometimes everyone just needs to go outside and breathe some fresh air. I remember my mom saying that um, my grandma used to say all right everyone Just go to the screen door and breathe some fresh air. I know we're all doing homework. We're all doing whatever. So we're all going outside. We're going for just a nice brush of fresh air. a Little five-minute break. Get some fresh air in our lungs and just breathe. And just give yourself a minute outside. Woo! Everyone comes back in feeling a little bit better. The other thing I love, too, that both my grandma and my mom have given uh, me when I was younger and now my parents do with our kids and I just love it. And that is sometimes they'll just go outside and they'll say, hey, let's have a time where we just listen to everything we can hear around us. Let's close our eyes and see what we can hear. Oh, do you hear that? It's a bird tweeting. Oh, what's over there? Sounds like a squirrel in a tree. Oh, what's that? It's a car driving by. It teaches our kids To quiet their bodies, to quiet their hearts, to quiet their minds and to listen what's going on around them. And it helps regulate that whole system. It's good for all of us. Then number 12, make prayer a life discipline, not just a release of a pressure valve so that we feel better in the moment. Prayer is one of the greatest gifts God has given us. He loves to have relationship with us. I think sometimes if we were raised in a certain environment where we feel like other people who are more qualified pray better than we do and we just don't have the words, so why even try? But that's not how it goes. God wants to have conversation with us. He wants to He wants to hear our heart. He wants to hear the big thing that's going on in our lives. He wants to process things with us. And something he was talking to me about the other night was if you have been raised in a family or an environment where you just had to stuff down feelings and you didn't get to process big emotions and there were places where you thought oh I can't say that because there will it'll disrupt something or my parents will freak out about it that is not the Lord's heart at all and that is not the relationship he wants to have with us His heart is to process big emotions. His heart is for us to come and chat with him about everything and let him know what's going on and that we process it with him. And then we give him those places and we take in the place of his love and his peace and his wisdom and his joy. Um, What do we do when we feel like we failed as a parent? What do we do? Well, um, actually this morning we were getting ready for school and I had asked the girls to get their shoes shoes on and I went into my room to do something, put earrings on or something. And our girls came in and one of them didn't have shoes on and I misunderstood the situation and I said, I asked you to put your shoes on. That's my expectation. I want you to do that now. And our youngest ran out. She was so frustrated. And our oldest said, no, mommy, you didn't understand what was going on. She couldn't get her shoe on. It was too tight. And I tried to help her. Oh, man, I felt awful. So I failed her in that moment. (laughs) So we get in the car and I said, I am so sorry. I misunderstood. My heart is always to help you. I was frustrated because I thought that you had disobeyed and just started playing and had not even tried to put your shoes on. Will you please forgive mommy? And the answer was yes. When we've messed up as parents, one of the most valuable things we can do is ask our kids for forgiveness. We're not perfect, and they need to know that we are willing to humble ourselves and ask them for forgiveness, even when it doesn't always look the way we think it should. That speaks volumes to our kids about our willingness to learn. And sometimes we say, you know, mommy is learning too. She's asking Jesus to help her and I don't always get it right. And I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? I did not do that right and I'm asking Jesus to help me to do it better next time. It resets the tone and it gives an opportunity for everyone to invite Jesus in to help them in a new way. I think that's just so valuable and such a cool thing. The other thing that I wanted to share from um, something that we do every night with our kids, and I just wanted to share what we pray over our kids and give this to you if you would like it. I've been asked uh, by a few different people if they could write this down. So I'm giving this to you as a template if you'd like it for your kids or your family. Every night we pray, Jesus Please wash our family in your blood of anything that would try to stick to us. Here's the thing. We don't know the words that other people say to our kids in interactions that they may take as a lie over their lives. One day we were standing in front of the mirror and our youngest looked in the mirror and said, I'm so ugly. I said, what? Whoa, no. Where did you hear that? And they said, oh, so-and-so said it at school. I said, that is not true. That is a lie. That is not true. Please don't believe that. You are not ugly at all. You are not ugly in your heart, and you are not ugly on the outside. But that was something that was believed. It was sticking in her heart. Like when we run through the field and those little pokies stick in your socks, And so we just ask every night that Jesus would wash us in his blood and he would wash off anything that would try to stick to us like that that um, our youngest was believing or like those little pokies in the field that just kind of stick in there. And sometimes when those things get stuck, We don't even realize they're stuck and then they start to scratch and then they sort of start to dig into our skin. And sometimes, I know when we were growing up, we had these little things called foxtails and they would burrow into your skin. You didn't even know they were there until maybe like the next morning and you'd have to kind of unscrew it to pull it out. And it could cause a little infection if you didn't catch it on time. We don't want anything like that in our kids' hearts or our spirits or our hearts or our spirits. So we ask the Lord that he would wash our family in his blood of anything that would try to stick to us. Then we invite him to fill us with himself and his purposes because he's good and he's kind and he always tells the truth. We ask him to expose any lies that we're believing and speak his truth to those lies and That's a really big deal because we're asking Jesus to speak his truth to any lies we might have believed, whether they're big or small, because the only power that those lies have is what we give them by believing them. But if we live from the truth of Jesus, the Bible says in John in the New Testament, you will know the truth Jesus says, which is him, and the truth will set you free. And we want our kids and our lives to live from the truth of Jesus in the fullness of the freedom of Christ. And then we ask that we would live from that truth, his truth and his love. So those are places that we pray over our family. And those are places that we try to live on a daily basis in our lives and in our family. Is it perfect? Nope. Sure not but we're trying to be intentional to be present to the moment in every way that we can. Do we get it right? No. Do we have to be people who go, I need to put my phone down and set the timer and spend 20 minutes playing with my kids? Yes, those are absolutely places. But God wants to give us everything we need in every moment with our family and with our kids. So as I end this, I just want to bless us. As we raise our kids, as we interact with them, as we love them, as we respond to them, that God would help us not to react but to respond out of love. And if that is not your experience in your relationship with Christ, then I would definitely encourage you to ask God to begin to show you himself as a loving father and how that can shape your identity and how it can then shape your response to your kids and to your family. And there is such a place of value in living from the truth of who God is, how he loves us, and what he wants to give us for our kids and our family. Because what we do shapes generations. There, I love the study of the mind. I love the study of DNA. And the things that form our DNA are amazing. But they are finding now that places of trauma and bloodlines are, have the potential to become something that can impact generations. And in the same way, places of health and healing and wholeness also impact the bloodline. And it's, it, impacts gen, it can impact generations. So I believe that's why the Bible says that we're would that we able to bless up to a thousand generations for those who love God and keep his commands. And why not? That's awesome. Set our kids up for the best possible understanding of who God is so they can walk knowing that they are valued by God. Not just I am enough because we're not enough. We're going to fail. We're not going to make it. The only place that we can find total fulfillment is through Jesus and the wholeness of who he is. And we can give our kids that by shaping their understanding of the truth of God and his word. And we can always invite the truth of Jesus to come and expose any lies that they or we are believing. And then we can invite Jesus to help us live from his truth and his love. So I just want to pray blessing on us. Thanks so much for tuning into Haven Chat. This is a great conversation. I'm so excited for the people that we're having going to be having on in the next few weeks. I can't even tell you how excited I am. Some of these people are just, oh man, each one of them is so amazing and so incredible. And I feel so privileged that they said yes <laughs> to come on to the podcast. So let me just pray with us. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, by the power of Holy Spirit, I bless every person who hears this podcast. I bless their family. I bless their mind. I ask that you would expose any lies that they're believing and speak your truth to those lies and that they would live from your truth and your love. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give us wisdom as we raise our kids, that you would give us strength. That for those who are single parents or those who are co-parenting in a difficult situation, that you would renew their strength, that you would refresh them even as they're tired and weary, that you would give them fresh eyes to see and a fresh heart toward their kids and what you see in their kids and value. For those who are struggling with hard places with their kids, I pray that you would give them supernatural wisdom and strategy for each individual kiddo that they have, that you would give them courage to continue to love their kids and help them to grow into who you have them to be. I pray that you would give strength for understanding how to protect their kids and their family's atmosphere that you would give them wisdom if they need to step back from something that is causing the atmosphere of their family to not be a healthy one or a strong one, and that you would give them courage to love their kids from a place of truth and a place of kindness. I pray for kindness. I pray that you would release us as parents from places of control or manipulation or passive aggressiveness, that that would not be our reaction, but our response would be with your heart and with kindness. And I thank you for that. Jesus, I thank you that you are for us and that you give us everything we need in every second of every day. If we will look to you and invite you into these places into the places of our lives. So I bless each person that's listening this week to Haven Chat. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thanks so much. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.